Good evening. Good evening. We'll call the meeting of Liberty County Board of Commissioners to order. It's good to see everyone. Thank you. Some of you for coming out in this this weather that we have. So I appreciate your sacrifice. Let, I see some young people here, so we'll hear later about what brings us to our audience. But it's good to see young people in the audience, and I hope that you, while you're here, you will pick up a little bit on what we do here in these county sessions. So it's good to see you here and others of you who are on our agenda. Mr. Brown, has the meeting been properly advertised? Yes, sir, it has. All right, thank you, sir. Uh, Pastor Richard, the Pastor Richard Hayes is here, who's going to lead us in our invocation and pledge of allegiance. Please stand now for an invocation. Good afternoon, Commissioner. Well, good evening. Let us bow our heads. Gracious and Heavenly Father, we are so thankful and just grateful to be here. We thank you for another wonderful day. Even though it's raining, we thank you for the, what the rain does to replenish this earth, and we appreciate you for what you're doing in this community. How are you going to bless these leaders? I ask that you would bless these leaders as they go forth on, even on tonight. Lord God, every decision that is made, everything concerning this community is done in decency and in order and in excellence. We appreciate all that you are doing and how you continue to keep us safe and watch over us. And we ask that you continue to do those things now. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 <clears throat> Pledge allegiance to the, to the flag of the United, United States, States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, under God indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Ms. Gypsy, I didn't see you behind that corner. That's why the young people here, 4-H is here today. All right, all right, all right. Good to see you all. And those of you, too, who, you know, I, we sometimes forget we have an audience, what you call it, by digital or electronic or whatever you call them out there. So good to have you all uh, tuning into our county commission meeting. Also, thank you for following us along as we, as we go. And we try to do our best to give you the best of our service. And if there are any questions, please, um, Clint, can they send those questions through? We'll address them as quickly and as efficiently as we can. So thank you for tuning in out there in Facebook land. All right. Minutes for the July meeting <coughs> will require our approval, commissioners. We have set for July 6th and July 15th. Chairman, I make that motion that we accept the minutes as presented. Second. There's a motion to second that we accept the minutes from July 6th and July 15th as presented. Any discussion on those? If any all in favor, will raise your right hand, please. Those opposed, the minutes are approved for July 6th and July 15th. Thank you. Right on into our departmental reports. Let's go now to Liberty County 4-H. I know there's a, there's a new sheriff in town for 4-H. <laughs> Mr. Aaron Hendricks, welcome, sir. Good evening. Uh, thank you for allowing me to be here this evening and share this time with you. Um, I just wanted to take a couple minutes to talk a little bit about 4-H, Liberty County 4-H, and introduce myself to you all. I am the new um, Liberty County 4-H youth development agent. I've literally been on the job for about 31 days, Ms. Gypsy. Um, so I'm excited to learn about this community, uh, about the youth, and how we can work together to um, just, just develop our youth. Um, really quickly, just in case you have forgotten, 4-H uh, is a youth development organization uh, we serve youth from kindergarten all the way through 12th grade in a variety of ways. We actually just had our junior-senior meeting um, from 4.30 to 6 p.m. And these young people just offered to come. I asked if they wanted to come. Um, they came through the rain, and so I just want to definitely thank them for coming as well. Let them come stand with you if you don't mind so we can 
see him close up in person. Come on, stand with him, you guys. <clears throat> Since you made the sacrifice to come and through the rain and on a voluntary basis. <clears throat> we love to appreciate our young people when they're doing positive things. They may want to give their name and grade as well. I think they may want to that. Is that is okay with you, sir. Sure it is. All right. Uh, hello, everybody. I'm Jared Johnson. I'm going to my freshman year of school at Kennesaw. Uh, August 1st was officially my last day in 4-H, but I'm going to be a, um, a, a counselor at camp. Thank you, Jared. Wish you the best at Kennesaw. Uh, I'm LeJohn Crawford, and I just had my first day as a senior today. Um, <laughs> hello, sir. What school? Liberty. Yay. <laughs> so you're going to start the fight. <laughs> My name is Melvin Kimball, and um, I'm a junior at Bradwell. Yay. Hey. I should have recognized, <laughs> recognized you, but you're growing up on me. Yeah. My name is Kyla Mack. I'm a sophomore at Bradwell. Good to have you, Kyla. Right. My name's Lexington Kozak Baumgartner, and I'm actually starting as a freshman at, U at uh, the University or Georgia Southern University in biology. 4-H saw me through to that, and I'm really happy and excited for it. Thank <laughs> you. All right. Wish you the best at GSU. Hi, I'm Keanu <laughs> <laughs> Keanu Kimball, and I'm in the sixth grade as Lewis Frazier. Okay. All right. Good to have you. Welcome, all of you. Yeah, we, we kind of know her. <laughs> and I'm Gypsy Tart. I am the program assistant for 4-H. Been here 11 and a half years now. It's been a while. Good to have you. All right. So this is our 4-H family. Um, and really quick, I just want to give you some um, updates on some things that we have moving forward. So right now we have contacted and we are working with six out of the seven elementary schools. Uh, we'll be visiting them on a <coughs> monthly basis, teaching a different curriculum throughout the school. Usually it's fifth grade, but in some schools it's fourth and fifth. So we do that once a month at um, six of the seven elementary schools right now, and it will be all of the elementary schools by the end of the week. Uh, we have monthly meetings for each of our three clubs. So we have Clover Bud, which um, serves our students from kindergarten through third grade. We have Clover Leaf, which serves fourth and fifth grade students. And then we have our juniors and seniors, which goes from sixth grade all the way through 12th. So these are some of our junior and senior members right here behind me. We do that through a variety of ways. We have a cooking club, public speaking club, a forestry judging, land judging, STEM club, um, cupcake club. We have a lot of clubs. Uh, and so we just try to find ways to engage students. Um, I'm a former teacher, and the way that I explain it is 4-H is about building life skills. Um, there's nothing wrong with the education system, uh, but some of those skills that they don't get to learn in the school system, we focus on in 4-H. So that's our big motto, uh, to learn by doing. Um, and I just want to invite you to any meeting, any event, any program. Uh, if you just want to come to our office and talk to us about any ideas or anything that you have on your mind, we want to make sure that you know that we, uh, we love you, right? Um, and we want to make sure that you know who we are. 
Uh, and we just want to invite you into our office, into our program. So uh, again, just want to thank you for the opportunity. And we look forward to really developing this program. Uh, I will say this, um, our expectation is that the Liberty County 4-H program will grow more than it has ever grown uh, within the next year, okay? So I can promise you that we're gonna develop this thing uh, bigger than it's ever been, and we're gonna need your help to do it. So just thank you and appreciate you for your time. Thank you, sir, look forward to it. Well, question. <clears throat> uh, what what um, the 4-H's, I, I was in the 4-H club about 55 years ago <laughs> for, for a couple of weeks. What, what, what does the 4-H's stand for? What does the 4-H's stand for, guys? Hey, what? I, I still don't know. Now, Somebody want to do the pledge? No, just just the four H's. Though. It's, okay, four H's. Four H's. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Are y'all gonna do it with me, right? Yes, let them do. Y'all don't leave out there by yourself. All right, ready? We pledge our heads to pledge. Oh, just 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 the, just it, not the pledge. Okay, so the H's stand for head, head. Mm -hmm. heart, heart, health, hands, hands and health. Hands and health. Thank you. All right. I thought, I thought Commissioner Gibb was going to offer to, to be a cupcake tester. <laughs> <laughs> His eyes got real big when I mentioned cupcakes, so I was hoping. <laughs> what, what, what was it, though? Head, heart. Head, heart, hands, and health. Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. I never knew that, y'all. All right. Good. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome to our community. Okay. Mr. Davis. How are you, sir? Let's see. I think I have a couple issues before you folks. The first is the firearms ordinance, which we discussed at your last meeting. At that time, I think he had some concerns and wanted me to address them, and I've d done my best to do that. Uh, the revised ordinance is in front of you, but there are three principal changes. The first, if you remember, uh, the discharge of firearms was prohibited really in all zoning districts of the county except dunes and marshes and uh, agricultural and AR1. And so it's been expanded. You can discharge your farm now in not only those zoning districts, but the principal residential areas. R1, R2, and R2A. However, regardless of the zoning district, it has to be on a, on a lot of at least 10 acres. So if you're one of those zoning districts and you have 10 acres, you can discharge your firearm subject to the other conditions of the ordinance. So that's the first change. Uh, the second change uh, addresses um, schoolhouses. If you remember, one of the conditions in the ordinance was that you had to be within at least 1,000 feet of another residential structure or religious worship place or other gathering place. That's also been now extended to schoolhouses, that 1,000 foot <coughs> distance requirement. And then I know that a couple commissioners had concerns with discharge of farms at night. So an additional condition is that you cannot discharge your farm at night as defined by Georgia Department of Natural Resources regulations unless you're uh, lawfully hunting during that time. Of course, Georgia does permit the hunting of certain species at night, you know, alligators, raccoons, things of that kind. And then uh, lastly, if you'll look to um, section uh, 36-7, and this addresses, I believe, Commissioner Walden's concern, but if you're engaged in target shooting, regardless of where you're located, you have to have an appropriate 
man-made or natural backstop, a berm, slope, a board, a wall, something of that kind to, to slow or stop the, the, the bullet or projectile. And those are the three principal changes. Everything else has remained <coughs> the same. And if you remember, uh, discharge of firearms is prohibited not only in the areas we just discussed, but on county property and on the property of other people unless you have their permission. Uh, and then additional regulations are imposed to regarding the discharge of firearms, all as we discussed at your last meeting. And I'm not sure if you wanted to adopt this tonight or just take it and, and consider it, but uh, the changes that we discussed at your last meeting have been incorporated. And <coughs> folks are free to look them over and perhaps adopt them at your next yeah. meeting if you'd like, or this evening. Yeah. M my um, observation is the enforcement piece, so mm -hmm. I'm not sure if you want to try to tackle that, but not just having ordinance on the books, but having the ability to enforce it. Yes, sir. And we may want, uh, if you folks want someone from the Sheriff's Department to come to your next meeting and discuss that, we can. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, enforcement with a lot of ordinances is problematic. But uh, at least yeah. in, the, in the likelihood that uh, someone is found in violation of the ordinance, at least now you have an ordinance that <coughs> can be enforced. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yes, sir. I remember the last time when I asked the question, you know, did you get a chance to talk with anybody from law enforcement? Uh, I have discussed it, but not, not formally, no, sir. As a matter of fact, we also surveyed other neighboring counties. Mm -hmm. I think you folks were curious as to how their counties were treating mm -hmm. it. And as I mentioned, the, the treatment is just as different of each county. Some counties prohibit on county property only. Some are as comprehensive as ours, and others are kind of intermediate. But, uh, but no, I haven't gotten feedback yet from the Sheriff's Department, Mr. Stevens. Okay. So the penalty for violation, um, is that in here or is it not? It is. It's, it's just it. by reference. Uh, any violation of our codes is punishable typically by six months, which is rare. Usually it's a monetary fine not to exceed uh, $1,000. Mm -hmm. But it's the general penalty for any code violation. Okay. Let's take, let's kick this, let's kick this can on down the road a little further. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> The someone calls, law enforcement comes out. Mm -hmm. Okay, take it from there until it gets to the courtroom. All right. Well, say for example, they're discharging their firearms in a in a business neighborhood district, which is absolutely prohibited. And if they're witness doing that, they'll be cited, and then that will be referred to the magistrate court. Boop boop. Yep. And. The magistrate court will handle the complaint from there. And typically, we'll have a code enforcement officer or a representative of the county who will prosecute the case. But it's really an informal presentation to the magistrate court of the facts. And then they'll issue um, a fine or other punishment based on those facts. And those are the maximum fines and punishments I mentioned. And in most cases, it's, you know, it's something much less than that, uh, especially if the, if the offender is uh, you know, remorseful or wasn't aware of the county ordinance. Or, something of that kind. Okay. Uh, you just answered the question. <clears throat> oh, Kelly, mm -hmm. yes, the, um, the person that's in violation doesn't get a, a citation and like, go a fold, um, I guess, Judge Osteen or the state court. They go to magistrate court. Yes, sir, magistrate. And it, and it, okay. Uh, unless. So, I mean, so is, is, uh, is it a crime? It, it is, uh, and le unless the, uh, what their conduct also violates state law. And our ordinance tracks state law in many instances, so if they were to violate our ordinance, the chances are they may also violate state law. Mm -hmm. If they violate state law, then they'd be referred to state court for prosecution. They, they could be. Of course, there's all sorts of discretion in law enforcement. 
you know, if a neighbor has a complaint against another neighbor and the, the sheriff goes and investigates and finds out that they're doing something they shouldn't, oftentimes they'll just give them a warning. And if they cease, that's the end of it. But if it persists, then they 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 formally cited. So it's not like a breaking and entering that that kind of crime. It's it's, not, it's a, I mean it, it's a criminal offense. It is. It's a code criminal violation. Offense, it and, and it'll be handled through magistrate court. Yes, sir. Magistrate court. Hmm. Un unless it also implicates uh, an offense in state law, and in that case, in most of these offenses are handled by state court as their misdemeanors. Okay. Mr. Chairman. How you doing, Kelly? Um, it's pretty clearly written, but I just wanted to find out for sure some clarity. Mm -hmm. um, I guess us, we that live out in the unincorporated areas, we've always, uh, I guess, enjoyed a, I guess, a sense of uh, looseness out there where we are not really held to a lot of the standards that within the city limits are. Yes, sir. And I understand that we've got a lot of uh, developments being built um, where houses are on, I guess, one every half acre, four on an acre. Um, I notice it says 10 acres here, but say I got eight acres. I'm out there all by myself. And I have the berm, the backstop, and everything. Um, Eight acres is a lot of land. Five acres is a lot of land. Yes, sir. Uh, I think we probably need to, I would like to see us revisit this a little more thoroughly before we finally make a final decision on this. Um, I guess I'm not completely satisfied with it as, as written, um, especially the 10 acre limitation for one. Um, that was just something I wanted clarification on. And that's understandable. I think the 10 acres was from our last conversation, and I'll give you a couple of options. You know, as it's written now, it's a minimum of 10 acres in the zoning districts that I mentioned, but you could have it five acres applied to all. You could allow the discharge of farms and agricultural and apply the five or 10 acre limitation on the other zoning districts. You could allow it in agricultural and AR1 and only apply <coughs> the acreage limitations to those other more densely uh, populated residential districts. So those are your probably your three most common options. And still, regardless of whatever you impose as far as zoning uh, classification, you're right, they still have to meet those other criteria, those other requirements. So if, say, for example, you should allow it in all agricultural districts, it would still have to meet the distance requirements. If there were target shooting, they'd have to meet the backstop requirements. Uh, so they still have to meet all the other restrictions that are imposed by the ordinance. So uh, I, I would give you those, those choices for simplification. Leave it as is, reduce the acreage, or eliminate the acreage as to less densely areas like agricultural or AR1, and apply the acreage requirement to the, the balance of the more densely populated residential uh, subdivisions. And uh, Commissioner Gillard was asking about the fines and the court system and all. Mm -hmm. Is this uh, subject to a misdemeanor, felony charges? It, it, it's, it's, a, it's technically a code violation. It's more in the nature of a misdemeanor. Um, and technically, it's still, a, it's still a criminal violation, code violation. But uh, again, most of these circumstances, 
uh, they're handled by warnings. You know, only if you have a repeat or persistent offender, I think, would you formally engage the judicial system. Thank you. Yes, sir. Mr. Chairman, I just had a question because, you know, I live like in the unincorporated area, but I was, and I know we had talked about the 10 acres, but just help me with this, y'all. You guys may need to help me with this, but like dove hunting mm -hmm. over, like, you know, I know some of those guys out in Gum Branch have like a skeet shooting or dove hunting. Yep, yes, ma'am. So this, you know, would apply, but I think we may need to look at what, what brought this on as far as changing the state chain? Uh, look at it. Well, if our guidelines are going along with the state, have they changed that we need to change ours? We didn't have anything. Yeah, I think, right? that, I think that was the concern. We, don't, we didn't have mm -mm. anything concerning? Mm -mm. Not really. No, well, no, I no. thought we, um, well, maybe the, no when we looked at it last month, maybe it was just something that, uh -huh. it was a starting. Draft, right. Mm -hmm. it's what you had last time? Mm -hmm. Okay, because we had looked at, like zoning, and then we backed it down to looking at acreage. Mm -hmm. But I'm just wondering if if those guys would still be able to dove hunt. Yes, ma'am. Uh, yeah, unlike, <laughs> for example, the timber ordinance. You know, I'm, I'm getting some calls. Were, yes, ma'am. They dove hunt over their gardens or whatever, however they do it. You know, it, it unlike the timber ordinance, for example, which you which the county was required to adopt by state law, this is not mandated. So you know, you folks will adopt. Anything, if all, if anything, that's something that's satisfactory to you folks and you think is, is needed and reasonable. But the, the ordinance does carve out exceptions for the things you just mentioned, you know, for hunting clubs, for uh, skeet ranges, for mm -hmm. hunting preserves, all of those things. And it does track state law as far as their protections. For example, if circumstances were to change at a later date, if you had a hunting club and agricultural district of county now and a subdivision were to be developed next to it, state law protects those hunting clubs as does this ordinance so it recognizes the rights of hunters and others to you know to engage in in sporting activities well there's no doubt i think we need something especially um in some of the more heavily populated areas yeah. mm -hmm. that are in the unincorporated area they're definitely we need to have something on the books yeah i think i think it's fair to say most of the county ordinances that i've reviewed they do restrict it and prohibit uh, discharge of firearms on county-owned property, and they restrict it on the more densely uh, populated zoning classifications. And once you get beyond that point, the requirements and the restrictions are as varied as the county. Some require or prohibit nighttime shooting, others don't. Uh, some extend the prohibition to other zoning districts by acreage or by density. So there are a variety of approaches. But what you're seeing is not uncommon as far as the requirements. Matter of fact, I think it goes a little bit further to protect the rights you just mentioned that are recognized by state law than do some other local ordinances. All right. Um, we can either address this now, or we can certainly bring it back to our mid-month meeting. If there's going to be uh, any homework done in between now, we're just going to bring it back just as it is now. We may as well go ahead and, and address it now. Um, yeah, I'm happy to come back to yeah. the next meeting in between. Uh, now yeah. that you have the revised draft, Feel free to give me a call and we can discuss the yeah. options. But yeah. but before you come in, uh, I am reminded uh, when you talk about the acreage, because this is in Walterville, family owned five acres cleared, and I can easily see from one end to the other. I wouldn't want anybody <laughs> shooting on that five acres. Mm -hmm. you know, and then, of course, all around it does 
is a, it's a little sparsely populated, but still there are houses and stuff like that. So even though five acres seems like a lot of land, not when you playing cowboys and Indians out there. No, and there, there are some jurisdictions who just adopt the, the distance requirement, and they yeah. think that's a better yeah. or more. But we need something, no doubt about it. We need something, yeah. Yeah. no matter what the something is. Yeah. Something is better than and we can make this a starting point and we can tweak it as we go along. You know, if that's your pleasure. Or, or we can I mean I mean Mr. Chair, we can come back and amend this, right? We certainly always can. We always can. But at least we'll have something. Are you are you at peace about the, the dove hunters? <laughs> <laughs> well, and at the very least, since I guess the public hasn't had a chance to see this, you might want to discuss it with some of your constituents and maybe uh, Chairman I mean uh, Commissioner Jones and I can discuss, you know, some alternatives to the acreage approach approach okay. and I can email the different commissioners so that you right. know what our discussion is about. Okay. And we'll definitely vote on it at the mid-month. I mean, Mr. Chair, I mean you can take a possibly 30-30 round out of a rifle mm -hmm. and probably 300 yards and but you're still dangerous. You're in that danger range further than that. Yeah. So I mean you can have five acres as long as you got a safety berm there. Mm -hmm. You can have two acres as long as you got a safety berm. Mm. You know, it doesn't matter, but we need to do something, put something on the books to, to right. because. Is it consensus to? Yeah, I, I, I think, you know, what was brought up earlier, Mr. Chairman, is probably the same thing you're hearing. There's, you know, smaller lots. Mm -hmm. uh, the the uh, timberland has been cut and mm -hmm. the person, you know, shooting and it winding up going yeah. Two or three hundred yards into another area. Not yeah. me personally. I I have had, on occasion, just like Commissioner Stevens had mentioned, you know, people will shoot on their property and it comes over to the next property that were that I lease. And I mean, on several occasions that it, mm -hmm. you know, you'll find trees in there where they've hit them. So, uh, you know, the idea was to have something um, because the. The responsible gun owner is not going to do this. This is just going to be somebody. Um, and it, and it also, when we were talking about this, and, and I had mentioned to Joey and I had mentioned to Kelly, what it does is it puts people to where they'll leave there and go somewhere else. And, and what's happening is they're doing this now on some of our drainage easements in the county. So they leave and they get on the canals and they start shooting, but you know, state law says that you've got to have permission because those are just drainage easements for us to do maintenance. We don't own it. Mm -hmm. It belongs to the landowner. So, um, you know, things like this is going to have to be yeah. addressed also. Uh, but I do know that th there are some, there are a few issues that, you know, if we've got something out there that either DNR or the local law enforcement can enforce I, th I think that's what we need to do uh, even if it is somebody that just needs to stop a little bit and think I mean a warning is is a whole lot better than having to, to work a, a, a death so this um, if you want to bring it back that's fine I mean I'm I'm fine with it yeah, yeah to, to be clear the intent's not to abridge the rights of hunters or anyone else who's yeah. lawfully exercising you know their rights or mm -hmm. shooting firearms it's just to address you know those instances in which irresponsible gun use has has threatened you know the safety of others okay. Okay. Uh, I, I, 
Uh, and if, if if we're saying that initially, it's going to be a, a warning most times, right? Usually, I mean, I mean law enforcement has discretion, right, but that's my right, experience, right, right. yes, sir. I mean, hypothetically speaking, I mean, how, how many, you know, habitual line steppers are we gonna have it in this? You know, I mean, are we? I don't think we really know. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming if, if someone finds out that that they were in the wrong and not aware of this ordinance, then hopefully, you know, they do the right thing. Mm -hmm. I just believe there's a lot more responsible gun owners out here than than not. Especially, you know, uh, dealing with a firearm like a shotgun mm -hmm. or something like that. So, I, I would just hate to to uh, <clears throat> minimize their opportunities to, you know, for their right, you know, and overplease them, mm -hmm. the ones who are doing doing right, than small group of ones who who are or might do wrong. So. But also, let's look at it this way: when that bullet comes out the end of that gun, it hits somebody, and that person winds up having a funeral service. Oh yeah, I, look at it that way too. I'm, 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 trust yeah. me, I'm yeah. completely. So, so what I'm saying is, like, uh, I, I think we're 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 was looking at two different things. We're looking. No, at, we, from, we, from we're the, looking at we're looking at the same tone. Uh, we're just bringing it all together. You're right. And, and I think that's, all, that's my new phase for, for this year. Yeah. Right. I think all the restrictions that are listed in the ordinance are, are fairly commonsensical. You know, you can't mm -hmm. shoot over the property right. line of others. You can't shoot close to a schoolhouse. Mm -hmm. I think the only one that's probably giving you folks concern is the first one that limits it to certain zoning districts and acreage. Mm -hmm. and so if you'd like, you know, this week, I'll kind of email to you three different options or approaches. Okay. Uh, and then maybe you can look those over and see if uh, one is you're liking more than the other. And I think once you have that nailed down, probably the rest of the ordinance will meet without objection. Okay. The, the no less than 10 acres was, I know you looked at some other people's ordinances, was that kind of mid-range? Uh, that, that varies as well. I mean, yeah. some don't have acreage requirements. Some has five, some have yeah. 10. But I think the 10 was based, I can't, I can't remember who first uh, okay. proposed it, but it was okay. from our discussion last month. When you were... <laughs> 10 acres is all right if you're in the middle of 100. Yeah, that's right. But it's not any it's good not, if you... Yeah. And I'm thinking too, with the county growing as it is, we got to be you know, visionary and do what's best long term, not just for now. So, uh, we'll take the alternatives that you may offer to us. But okay. something tells me we're going to wind up <laughs> back up very close to what we have. But we'll do that. Okay. And put it on the mid month agenda. And I'll consult with uh, the sheriff as well. Okay. Again, I don't see enforcement as much of a, as a, a problem, but uh, mm -hmm. I'll make sure. Not if it's going to be handled at. Magistrate Court. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you, you, I mean, we're talking about guns and hunting and guns and target practices. So, I mean, you may want to have some conversation with DNR on it too, because there are, you know, regulations how many feet from the state road they can shoot and things like that. So, let's. Um, I mean, I don't want us to write another law that's <laughs> out there. I'm just saying, let's consult. Make sure that we're trying to protect the public. I mean, and we've done that as part of this ordinance. We've we've referred to state law and state regulation, right? But, uh, and I'll be happy to give you a listing of those two when the, the email is sent out. All right. Okay. All right, sir. Sounds good. We're Mid month. Gonna, we're gonna vote in two weeks, right? Yes, sir. We're gonna vote. Good. EMS operational agreement. Yes, sir. There are three issues that are all related. Uh, the first is. Uh, an agreement for managed EMS 
Uh, and I think as you folks know, uh, we're in the process of transitioning from Liberty Regional providing EMS services to the county providing EM services. Mm -hmm. But there will be a delay in the county obtaining you know, a formal license. So until that time comes, you know, the county has agreed to manage the EMS services on behalf of Liberty Regional. And this agreement just outlines how that process will occur, the transition, and how the EMS we managed in the interim. Uh, it provides for the transfer of assets used in connection with EMS. Mm -hmm. Primarily, it's the, the station that we have now in Hinesville, which is owned by the hospital authority, which will be transferred to the county. Mm -hmm. The county already currently owns the, the rolling stock, the ambulances, and there might be some of the miscellaneous personal property that Liberty Regional owns that will be transferred to the county. And then once that, that's done, the county will manage EMS. It will hire the personnel. Um, it will ensure that uh, hire a medical director, which is one of the agreements as well referenced on the agenda and ensure that the EMS services are operating in accordance with state law and regulation. Mm -hmm. So that is, this is the roadmap for that transition and the management in the interim. Uh, not too much to talk about, um, but it's under review now by, I think, both the hospital authority, but Liberty Regional in particular. Okay, when do they so, plan to um, approve it? I, I think all these should be ready for adoption at your next meeting. That's, yes, that's, they, that's, they that's the intent. Right, they, we're, we, they've already been sent over, so I hadn't talked to Ms. Mims, but mm -hmm. told her they needed to be adopted in August okay. for yep. that September 1st transition. Okay, so we need to adopt that mid-month? Yes, sir, please. Yes, sir. All right, so commissioners, please read over this. Are there any questions, please give uh, Mr. Mr. Brown or Mr. Davis a call here. And, and same with the other one. The other agreement is with the school district, and um, it just provides for dedicated or for EMS services at local fo football games, whether it's junior varsity or varsity, okay. and it just provides uh, how those services will be provided and what those services will be. Okay. Mr. Chair. Yes, sir. Uh, Mr. Brown, Mr. Davis. Yes, sir. I think I'm more concerned, I mean, I'm concerned with all of it, but I've got some great concerns on the, I think it's gonna come, probably become on the B2, since the commissioners now will be taking over the employees and the responsibility, their salaries and benefits and everything, yes, and the funding that's being transferred now to the hospital, I think we as a board, we need to take a look at that to see what we can do to make sure that the commissioner's budget side doesn't go way up and the hospital t still maintains what they are getting now, but they won't be responsible for the EMS director, I mean EMS employees. That's something that I'm very serious about. Yes, sir. Okay. Yes, sir, and probably that would not be incorporated in this agreement because you need a standalone operational agreement by state law to run those services. I mean, that would obviously be something to consider at your millage time when you set the millage for the Board of Commissioners and hospital. But I guess my question is, do we wait till then or do uh, uh, have you engaged with them on that, you know, as of yet, Mr. Brown? No, sir, I have not. Okay, because I don't want to wait till we come to set the millage and then they already, they already got their millage set and there has not been no discussion about the reduction in the millage rate for them. Right, I, th I think, and Ms. Davis can help me with this, but I, I think it's the Board of Commissioners that actually set the millage for the authority. So uh, they don't have the right, they, they recommend a millage for the hospital and bring it forward to the commission. So you'd, you'd be at will to adjust that millage okay. if, you, if so need. Okay. Because how many employees are you talking about? 20, 25 or more? Uh, actually about 42. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. All right. 
All right, that's complete, that's sir. Yes, sir. All right. The only other, the only other thing that's on there, Mr. Davis is going to send it out, so we, we we need to approve it at the mid-month meeting. Is also the medical director agreement, and he's putting the final touches on that. That'll that'll be with a private provider, um, looking at contracting with the current provider that's also uh, providing services to the emergency department at Liberty Regional. Uh, it it under state guidelines, DHR guidelines, you have to have a medical director assigned mm -hmm. if you operate an ambulance service. So. Mm -hmm. And there's already a, an agreement in place, and so that will just be consistent with the existing. Okay. Not to, if you send that out to us, yes, sir. ASAP, we can look at that okay. prior to. Mr. Right. Chairman, I wanted to ask a question. What does this do now for, as far as our relationship with um, their, the air, Vac. Nothing, because the hospital doesn't really have an agreement with AirVac. That's a separate contract. I mean, but, so, but they have a landing pad and all there, and is that provided by? We'll provide about that. Won't change. Okay. And yes, this this uh, document here, Kelly, will prohibit any other private ambulance company from coming into the county, or? Well, I mean, yeah, the intent of the, the statutory scheme is to is to have is to designate one provider per area. So that's the intent, yes, sir. And, and it, addressing your question, it only covers the services that are provided under the Liberty Regional's existing license, which is for ground ambulance service. Okay. So air and things of that kind aren't addressed in this. Real, real quickly, d d the DHR provisions um, are zoned. So the DHR regional committee has to actually approve any service it wants to offer emergency service. And right now, this is the only zone service in that. In order to let that in, they'd have to have a public hearing and do stuff like that. That's the reason we're having to really operate under their license, because we can't, state law doesn't allow us just to go in there and transfer that license without going through the whole zoning procedure right. again. Mm -hmm. So we're protected by right. zone. So they'll still be able to function here in, in the county, the area back in Yes, sir. Right. Yeah. Private service. Only ground ambulance. Yes, sir. All right. Thank you, Mr. Davis. Sure. Thank you. All right. See you mid month. Right. Mr. Long. Good evening. Good evening. Uh, got before you tonight Olive Street and Becky Street roadway improvements. Uh, we took bids on July 13th on this job. Um, the bids came in. Uh, we had two bids, one for $90,000, one for $94,000. Uh, the low bidder was uh, Von Siddle, uh, Siddle Construction, with a bid of $90,258.02. Um, we reviewed everything. We recommend that the county enter into a contract with Siddle Construction to make the improvements to Becky Street and Olive Street at the two intersections. Uh, plus a 10% contingency. Ms. McGill, you want to speak to this? Uh, yeah, uh, Trent, if, you know, we uh, award this tonight. Um, you have been out there when, um, you know, I'm when, when work is stopped. schedule, but, you know, by the time we get a contract uh, executed and he gets bonds and all back, we have about a three-week period, so I'd probably say in about a month we should be able to yeah, I was just getting ready to tell you that uh, if you didn't know to take a wild guess, but just don't get too wild. <laughs> so you said about about a month. About a month. We, should, we, should, we should see some action in a month. Vaughn is usually very proactive about coming and doing these. So uh, as soon as I get 
uh, contracts with him and get things going, I'll get him to shoot me a schedule and I'll shoot it over to you. That way you can know, and I'll give you a better update on that schedule at the mid-month meeting as well. Hopefully around the, before the end of September, hopefully. Okay. I'm good, Mr. Chairman. I'm good. All right. All right. I guess this is being presented. It must be good with your budget, too. Yes, sir. Yes, yes, sir. Very good with the budget. <laughs> yes, sir. All right. Y'all are pleased with the bid amount? Yes, sir. You know, I'm, I'm kind of on, on, what's the word, on alert because people are talking about all these price increases and stuff. But uh, Yes, sir. This one's good. This one's good? We're okay. Okay. So we got the other projects, too. All right. Commissioner Gilbert, sure. ready? Yes, uh, Mr. Chairman, I'm... Uh, Make a motion that we accept the bid for our uh, settle construction in the amount of $90,258.02. I second it. Motion and second. We accept the bid as proposed by settle construction for Olive and Baker Streets. The uh, announced amount. Any further discussion on that? Is the, uh, t the uh, contingency included with this? I understand you. The contingency, is it included in this? He right. said so. 20,000 is the, not the, right. the what? Contingency. Contingency. No, sorry. contingency is not. Okay. I'm sorry. No, we usually do uh, 90,000. You, you award for the contract amount, and you set aside a 10% contingency. Right. I, I was just uh, uh, thinking about the motion. Mm -hmm. Yes. And that it probably needs to be included. Yes, in sir. In the motion, it does. That's You're absolutely right. All right. So just, 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 just say contingency is included in your motion. Because you want to redo your motion. No, contingency is included in, uh, <laughs> All right. in, in my motion. I, I was good, but um, it's, it's included. All right. Okay. All in favor. All right. Uh, and just say one point of information I forgot to say. The bids that we took between the two are less than 5% difference. Really? So, yeah. That can, that's for type. Very good. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thank you, Street. That's... that's uh, out, almost in Allenhurst, mm -hmm. going out. So awesome, Pleasant Grove. When, when I don't, census, I, I don't have to. Since is done, it'll take Marion. No, man, I don't think Marion can get this one. This is way, <laughs> it's a long what, ways from District One. It's so possible. I, I think I'm good. I don't think so, Marion. That's a long <laughs> way. That's a long stretch. May, may, maybe Connie, maybe Justin. <laughs> not <laughs> even Eddie. Not, not even Eddie could get this one. <laughs> Wait till I'm, the I'm, census get through and watch see what I do. I, I don't. I don't think if, if it moved that far, then uh, we we're gonna have some little wissy. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Long, thank you. All right. Uh, I don't see Bryn Grant here. I don't, I don't guess she made it. Yeah. All right. We'll move on. Heat Grant. Meet the Kirk and all. Mr. Brown. Bill, you've changed since <laughs> you did your last time. Most of all, you here. Yes, sir, we did. Thank you. Um, good evening, commissioners. Good evening. How are you? Good evening. It's okay. Our sheriff sends his apologies for not being president. Uh, present. Uh, he's in his last week of uh, the sheriff's course, so uh, he'll be back uh, as of Friday. Uh, we come before you tonight asking that uh, you accept a grant for $300,000 from the Governor's Highway Safety Program. This grant will be used to place three additional deputies uh, fully equipped on the road. These deputies will solely be concentrated on highway safety uh, within Liberty County. Uh, I've asked uh, the author of the grant, Major Bill Kirkendall, uh, to come with me tonight, if you'll come on up, Bill. 
uh, give you a small presentation, explain to you what the HEAT Pro uh, grant does for us, and uh, any answer any questions that you may have. Thank you. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. Y'all told me the last time I was up here to look for more grants, so that's why we're before you tonight. Um, but, but shortly, uh, this, this is a short version. So heat refers to highway enforcement of aggressive traffic, and that refers to uh, anything that's going to endanger our public safety, including DUIs, reckless driving, speeding violations. Um, a lot of our, our motoring public are not even aware of our traffic stats. So from 2016 to 2020, there are an average of 1,796 crashes per year in Liberty County. Average of 644 injuries per year and an average of 15 fatalities per year. Uh, just prior to COVID hitting in 2020 or 2019 stat alone, there were 35 traffic fatalities in Liberty County. So clearly we, we, we have a problem. Uh, we identified the problem to the governor's office of highway safety. And what they came back with was a, an offer of a heat grant. Now heat grants are not offered typically uh, to the counties of our size. You usually see these type grants or heat units up around the metro Atlanta area. Based on our, our designation as a DUI hotspot, I think we're 16th in the state as far as DUI arrests and our traffic fatalities, we qualify for a heat grant. What the heat grant pays for up to $300,000 is three deputies, all the salaries up to $300,000, uh, three vehicles, Chevy Tahoes, fully equipped and marked with Governor's Office of Highway Safety markings. Uh, they will have each equipped with a, a dual directional radar LIDAR units, which is the laser units, uh, portable uh, field testing for alcohol impairment, flashlights, the whole nine yards, everything will be fully equipped in these vehicles. And at the conclusion of the grant cycle, uh, after year three, Liberty County fully owns all this equipment and it will still be serviceable at that time. Um, so what we're seeking is of course your, your approval of us accepting this $300,000. The only thing we need to brief you on for a little bit further is it doesn't cover the entirety of the salaries. So it covers up to 1,594 man hours per year per, per deputy. So we're gonna run a little bit short and I think Kim figured out it'd be about $60,000 a year one if we ran the entire grant year, which is anticipated to be October 1st uh, through September 30th of the following year. Uh, frankly speaking, I don't see how we can kick it off October 1st. I've, I've checked all over the state. I'm looking for Chevy Tahoes under the state contract and they just cannot be found right now. So we were trying to seek them out to secure them, to put them on standby. So with your approval, we could go ahead and seek authorization to get these vehicles purchased. Uh, it may be as late as December or January before we can get the vehicles in here. So I'm thinking year one, we will probably more than likely break even on our grant authorization for year one based on what we're authorized, which is $299,999.76. I tried to spend the 24 cents, folks. I just couldn't find anything else to buy. But they have uh, tentatively told us <laughs> exactly, maybe an ink pen. But I've spoken to representatives from the governor's office of highway safety, and they have advised us uh, our bill, our, our approval is sitting on the, the, the decision maker's desk. Mm -hmm. All it's waiting on is a signature, mm -hmm. and that's expected to take place by the end of this month. And so we wanted to have everything lined up before we brought it to you with a recommendation and with your approval, we would like to accept this 300,000 on behalf of Liberty County and get us a heat unit in place. Before they chime in, help educate us all. What number are we ranked for DUIs? 16th in the state. Out of, out of 159 counties? Out of 159, yes, sir. And how, what do we relate that, what, what do we 
tied it into the young population. Our area is experiencing a huge, a huge increase in personnel. You know, Hinesville is a metropolitan statistical area. Everybody mm -hmm. comes to Hinesville. We have new shopping centers. We have new venues for people spending money. Mm -hmm. And with that, we have people, you know, coming to restaurants, consuming alcohol, getting mm -hmm. on the roadways, mm -hmm. coming to and from Savannah. We're right up the road from Jacksonville. All these areas that we're, that we're close to, Brunswick, are bringing some of this traffic through the area. Um, so with that in mind, that's probably not, not helping us much with our DUI problem. And of course, you know, we are looking at aggressive enforcement as well. Uh, we're mm -hmm. trying to get them off the road. With 35 traffic fatalities in, in 2019, mm -hmm. we have a significant problem. Speak to that for me, if you will, the 35, <laughs> as compared to county outsize. Uh, we're definitely above average. In fact, whenever we I re originally reached out to the governor's office of highway safety, they were elated that we would be interested in possibly pursuing a heat grant. Mm -hmm. uh, it's been several years ago, but I believe David Edwards was part of a, a former traffic unit we had with the Liberty County Sheriff's Office. Uh, A.C. Lewis, there's some old, old timers that were out there mm -hmm. running the traffic unit at the time. Uh, but it was very successful for a number of years. And like the chief alluded to, uh, these are not units that are going to be assigned on CAD to, to answer calls. This mm -hmm. is full-time, nothing but traffic enforcement the entire time they're on the road. They have to log their traffic stats. If they get called away for anything, we have to take them off the grant, put them on local payroll, and then when they're done with that call, they come back on the heat grant. That's how, that's how serious the state is about how these monies are spent and allocated to the counties. No, but some things you, you brag about your rankings, but this is not something to brag about. No, sir. And, and, and I realize that these stats present, you know, they represent somebody's loved one. Yeah. That's what we have to look at. They represent somebody's loved one. Mm -hmm. We're doing everything we can at the SO to try to get these stats down, and this is but one more method we're looking at. We're looking at, at several different avenues to try to get these stats down, mm -hmm. and this is a step, I believe, in the right direction. I know we were kind of heavy, I think, last year with the fatalities on 95, so is that a, a pretty good size factor in this, too, having 95 run through the county? Yes, sir. There were a number of stats last year solely on I-95. Yeah. Uh, we unfortunately had a traffic fatality yesterday on 95. Really? You know, yeah. unfortunately, nothing can prevent that. It's, it's, yeah. it's an unfortunate accident mm -hmm. or incident. Mm -hmm. uh, but, but things we can control, such as the speeding, mm -hmm. the DUI, the reckless driving, the racing that we're seeing, mm -hmm. those are something that we can have a, a positive impact on and get those reckless drivers off the road so our families can travel safely. I was in a conversation last week with the garrison commander. He told me almost everybody's back now. Yes, sir. So when you put everybody back in the middle of school traffic. It's not a good combination. That's not a good combination. Yes, we definitely have a traffic problem. Yeah. Mr. Chairman, yes, Bill, uh, uh, Major Kirkendall. Yes, uh, I guess within the last six months, I remember uh, for about a week or so, there were a lot of um, law enforcement in, in Hinesville. You know, and I think a lot of... DUIs came from from that presence or th did that have any any bearing on on this actually it's a great point mr. Gill it absolutely did so Hinesville when I was chief we brought in the, the governor's office of highway safety and it's right. called rolling thunder the rolling thunder yeah, that's, task that's force. What it was, yeah. uh, they came in and over a three-day period they issued 555 555 citations and I think the DUI arrest was around 60 yeah. give or take um, but it goes to show just the nature of the problem. Mm -hmm. uh, but there were there were troopers and uh, officers from all over the state that came in to help us. Right. We've invited them back. Uh, we want to advertise it. They're coming back in December. So if you're driving drunk, we're looking for you. Yeah. But the, the, we've actually volunteered to have them come back. And that did aid in our efforts to try to secure this grant. Okay. Thank you. Yes, sir. So your, your numbers major is you, you do the county. Do you exclude 
Hinesville and Waldoville and Midway? I mean, because they have their own, is that what you have to do? Subtract those numbers and we're still in the, how many DUIs? We're 16th in the state and, and, and that, that excludes the, D, the DUI numbers inside incorporated areas. This is strictly unincorporated Liberty County. Right. Uh, whenever oh, we're counting that those makes numbers. makes it worse. <laughs> yeah, we, well, we, yeah, I mean, that's what I was, I mean, I figured in Hinesville there was probably a good number, but um, six since we've yes, been here. Huh? <laughs> probably been six since we've been here. Yeah. And so our numbers would include, you know, if a DNR makes an arrest on a DUI, GSP, Motor Carrier Compliance Division, if anybody makes an arrest in unincorporated Liberty County, yes, we claim those stats. However, just Liberty County deputies alone this year so far, we're, we're within 600 citations of what we issued in 2019 for the entire year. So there's, like I said, there's a lot of activity. I can go to lunch and issue 10 tickets if I didn't have anything, if I had a ticket book, you know. It's, it's just that people are driving crazy out there. Yeah. So it's, it's, we're, we're trying to get a grip on it, and it's going to take aggressive efforts like this in order to do it. You almost have to. Sir? I'm trying to think of the words. You almost have to build that culture that we will not be a community where there's. Yes, sir. And, and in that, fact, the last night of Rolling drunk Thunder. On the, road, yeah. the last night of Rolling Thunder in Liberty County, uh, they were finishing up, and six troopers rode out to 196 East. and. Within an hour, all of them were busy transporting DUIs back to the jail. Yeah. So they had to close it down. So they'll be back. You know, that's something that you've got. I mean, we've got the patrol barracks. It ain't like it's 20 miles away. It's right here in town. Of course, I don't know how many people they put out there anymore. I know when it was built, it was designed for, I think, 12 troopers or 16 maybe that could house there. I don't know how many is out there now. I, I couldn't tell you, Chief. Do you happen to know? Okay, about seven. Seven. You know, the state patrol is at, you know seeking recruits right now. They're trying to hire just like everybody is. Yeah. And and, and good viable recruits are hard to come by right now. All right, so you need our approval to receive three hundred thousand dollars. With your approval, yes, sir. We would like to receive three hundred thousand right. dollars. Commissioners. I just have another question. Okay. Uh, Manager Kirkendall, you said 300000 and this is, uh, is for a period of, of how long? This is for year one, for year, and year this one. grant can run for up to three years. So we yeah. will reapply with your approval next year, and we will seek, it'll be a lesser amount because the vehicles and equipment would be purchased. Mm -hmm. So we'll be seeking funding for any repairs or maintenance on equipment, the bit, on, the, on the uh, vehicles, fuel, everything we can actually attach and, tr and try to get our money back mm -hmm. for. But, Year one includes fuel, the maintenance on the cars, the purchase, and the and the, and the general outlay of, of equipment. And the manpower. And the manpower. manpower. Yes, sir. The three vehicles that you are looking for, Mr. Brown, they won't be they won't be connected to this fleet that we're getting ready to look at. Not be separately, right? Not, not initially. Correct. Okay. Yes, sir. Yep. He's trying to find Tahoe's. He said. The and, chips. And, and I guess my uh, the other part of my question. Uh, Major was, um, let's say after one year and you and you reapply, and and you're not successful, uh, do the, you, you get to keep the equipment, but the, how how, do, how would you fund the, the three deputies? Through either through natural attrition, okay, uh, through shortages, or with your approval, we can add them to the rolls. Okay. Uh, we would try to do it through attrition or or, or your, with your approval, adding them on, and. I, the third part. 
Let's say we, we, we get this heat, and what, do, what is the acronym for heat? It's, it's Highway Enforcement of Aggressive Traffic. I thought it was talking about August in South Georgia. It might be. <laughs> okay, what is it now? Highway Enforcement of Aggressive Traffic. Okay. Okay, so we, um, the three deputies, and let's say we get this heat program and it's successful and it, we hit our target audience and, and we reapply and um, I mean, there's a need now based on the, the stats that you gave, but let's say, you know, we, we hit the target and we're doing great and you reapply and your stats don't warrant that grant. Wouldn't that be a great problem? Yeah, it, it would, but uh, I mean, what, what would happen then? then? Then we'd have to see how we can work it through some other means, I guess. Typically, the, the, the agencies, the counties that are funded in year one typically receive preference for year two and three because okay. they know you're getting it set up. Their goal, the state's goal, is to have you self-sufficient in year four and to have an active unit that, that we're 100% enforcing and supplying the equipment for. Okay. Hours. Okay, thank you. Yes. Let me ask you something about grants too there you the burn grant burn grant yes do you do you apply for that too we're applying for just about everything in fact uh, uh, the burn grant I believe was just one of the ones that purchased uh, we just received the sixty three thousand mm dollar -hmm. uh, heads up uh, training that was mm -hmm. the criminal trust uh, coordinating council mm -hmm. in the past we had a burn grant here in Liberty County for a long time it yeah. funded the mace unit mm -hmm. for, for many years uh, we're also looking at uh, funding our body-worn vest uh, through through a grant. We've already applied for that. We're just waiting on official notification, and that pays for 50% of every vest that we buy for our officers. So we're looking at all funding sources right now, and we're reaching out trying to trying, trying to access what we have the ability to. And the lifetime on your vest is what? Five years. Five. Yes. It doesn't automatically dissolve at five years. Well, that, but the yeah, warranty the warranty expires at the end of five years, and so they recommend replacement at that cycle. Yeah. Yes, sir. <clears throat> Mr. Commissioner Gillis, I heard your question down there, a very good qu question that you asked minutes ago. Major and Mr. Brown, if this program is as effective as I've seen it in the past, your f would your first year, uh, make sure I use the correct word, <laughs> revenue, wouldn't that help to support the second year, just in case it does not get approved? Based on the numbers that I have before me, I think it would fully fund it. Okay. Yes. So, so a, couple, a couple things there. Of course, as you know, the revenue from one year can't carry over to the next year. Right. But I was going to say before they left, I, looking at the grant requirements, I have no doubt that they will cover right. the additional required plus some in okay. each year that they operate. Okay. All right. Good. All right, Chairman, I'm going to tell you, I, I, of course, I've known the major when he was somewhere else. But uh, <laughs> I, have to, I have to put, you know, a lot of stock in what he's saying here. Um, I hadn't been caught DUI, so I must be doing pretty good. So I'll wait you hadn't? I stopped till December, I guess, and start. <laughs> but uh, I, I, I just offer a, a motion that we... We try to um, see if this will work, and if it don't work, then yeah. you'll tell us it won't work. Yes, sir. If that's a motion, I'll second okay. it. And my, and my comment is, I, I just want to see us, our ranking change. Yes, sir. You know, we have a lot of people that we all know and love who ride these roads around here, and, and we would hate to hear that any of them have been 
have lost a life or limb because of DUI, you know, or, or just the fatalities. And I know some things are going to happen. We understand that just by the, the growth in the community. But it would be consoling to know that some people on the road who happen to look out mm -hmm. try to keep us as safe as they can. We are doing all we can. Yeah. And, and a little report about, I mean, you know that you would be good every once in a while, mm -hmm. whoever you want to. Thank you for saying I was taking that earlier. You know, I, I mean, like you, let me get my words right. Uh, in, in the past, we have requested some of the information that you're giving yes. periodically. Right. So if you all put that on your agenda to come before, because these things are uh, eye-opening to us. In yeah. fact, Mr. Brown's already ahead you of you. <laughs> he asked me the other day about traffic stats, and I sent him yeah. five years' worth the next morning. <laughs> We're tracking this stuff. We are, yeah. we are paying a close eye yeah. to it. Because well, it not maybe, only it helps us apply for grants, but it helps us know where to, to deploy the troops. Yeah, maybe twice a year come in force and just educate us. Yes, sir, and I'll yeah. pass that last one along. Okay. And it ain't got to be a formal presentation mm -hmm. to me. You can send it to me an email or whatever. Yeah. Unless it's got to be some type of a... Yeah, I don't know. I'm, 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 I'm happy to say I'm copycat and Chatham County. I've seen the Chatham County Sheriff go before the commission and give information like you give. Yes, sir. You gave. We honor to. I thought it would be good to have that. Keeps us in the know. Uh, we, we produce a monthly report. Uh, we can forward them to Mr. Brown, and at his discretion, yeah. if he forwards it yeah. to you, uh, the, their stats are public. Yeah. They only have access to them. It don't have to be monthly, but maybe quarterly or at least no less than twice a year quarterly. come before us. And, you know. <clears throat> a personal presentation is better than paper. We'd like to provide them. We're tracking them anyway. Okay. Yes. All right. All in favor? All right, sir. Thank you. Come back with the check. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it very much. Thank you, sir. Good job. Thank you, sir. Mr. Holton, good to see you back in our community, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. It, it, it took me a couple hours to get here from Savannah, which was uh, un, unusual, but yeah. you got tied up on Highway 84, didn't you? 95. Was it a, oh, really? That, yeah. That he's talking about. Okay. <clears throat> okay. Um, yes, it's, um, and it's good to be here, too. Good to see you, sir. We're uh, resurrecting a project, <laughs> <laughs> which I'm, I'm very very stoked about because I felt like we left this out, you know, and yeah. for, for good reason, but yeah. um, the uh, Liberty Community Complex gymnasium that has been... <clears throat> Mr. Mr. Brown, you got to give him the proper name, Mr. Sam Harris. Sam Harris. Oh, okay. Samuel B. Harris. Mm -hmm. Yes. I need to change the, uh, change the name on the drawings, right? Samuel Harris. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, Samuel B. Harris. Was it Colt? Sam Harris? Or I don't Sam know if we stuck Coach in front of him or not, but... Was Coach Mary? Huh? Wait, is the name Coach Sam B. Harris or just Sam B. Harris? The, just Sam B. Harris. Sam B. Harris, yeah. okay. Yeah. Just like the John He's B. He's a renowned coach here, Mr. Holton. Um, well, if, if you don't remember where we left off here, I should have actually put the existing drawing up here so you could see it, but we're... Um, you know, we got a new a new roof on this building, a very nice roof on this building, mm -hmm. which helped stop the deterioration that was happening. Um, and so, uh, you know, we've that that money's been spent. So now the interior needs its um, mm -hmm. needs its its due. Um, we've met a couple of times on design just to try to catch up and make sure that our previous design still made sense. The one that's 10, 11 years old. Um, and we did make some modifications um, to this. We, since, you know, we've had more deterioration of the floor, the floor mm. really all has to come out at this point because of the, um, the, uh, the rot, the wood rot in there. 
and that floor was attached almost like right on top of the um, the slab. So right. there's really no good way to save that floor. Um, it's held down with metal clips, and those metal clips, when the water got in, it's rusted those metal yeah. clips out. And that's making the floor buckle. And mm. um, So what we've done in this, the few things that we've changed in this design, I don't know if this has a pointer on it or not. It does. It does? Yeah. Is it the... Something about the side, uh, pull down or something. Pull down. Oh, okay. I hadn't used it, but I heard them say it. <laughs> Okay, um, so if you notice, probably the first thing, uh, this whole front end's different. Right now, this front end, basically the front of the building, uh, this is the existing, um, you know, uh, this is existing building right here. Mm -hmm. And um, and what we're doing, um, probably go to the next slide and show kind of the site first. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this may be a little easier to kind of orient us. Yeah, there we go. I think this is a, probably a little bit help, more helpful. So here's the gym here, um, the existing retention pond. These are the buildings that we, we've kept and renovated 10 years ago. Um, this parking lot is not here currently. Um, there was one back in the other project that we had planned, but it was value engineered out for cost savings. Um, so this front of the gym um, right now, you know, it just has the porch, and then to the sides it has a toilet and, a, um, you know, ticket booths. And so what we're trying to do is create a lobby um, under the existing roof without trying to add to the building. Mm -hmm. um, so when you look at this other, um, this enlarged plan, that's what we're really trying to accomplish here is what we've done is we've taken that porch and infilled it. Um, underneath the existing roof and just have, you know, just have storefront glass across there with entrance doors so that, um, and what we may do, um, we haven't really talked about this, but we're probably going to end up with us putting a canopy back up here in front of this mm -hmm. to protect these doors. So you'll actually have a lobby space with a vending, where the vending can be, um, drinking <clears> fountains, <throat> and then right off to this side is an is a office. And so that office would have a window that looks directly at that front entrance. It also has a window that looks out into the gymnasium. Um, and then we're basically using the old ticket window as that window. Um, so that existing ticket window would remain. Now on the other side of this, where the other ticket, ticket booth was and toilets, we're, right now we're showing this as a big storage room because there is no storage really in this, in this facility. Um, so that's, that's this whole area here. Um, it's a large storage. And this could actually house a, like a custodial closet too, but I think I found another spot for that. Um, so the, you know, right now we're showing all these existing bleachers going away. Um, we did look at one time at trying to restore those bleachers, but it, it is not really going to be feasible to try to restore those. Um, and so what we looked at doing was using the portable bleachers like you have over the um, in the Cuban Recreational Complex where you could move those bleachers around um, and for different types of functions. And so what we're showing here are three sets of these are these will be portable bleachers. Um, and then the rest of it's wide open gym floor. Um, 
you know, keeping the side court goals or actually putting in new side court goals and in, in court goals, um, volleyball stanchion, uh, potential for volleyball stanchions. And then, um, so really a real multi-use facility and we're looking at different flooring types for that. For, so you could actually use it for uh, just uh, a multitude of things. Now the stage, um, we're, we're gonna have to redo the stage. Um, there was a leak um, above the stage years ago and it has just, over time it's gotten underneath it. It looks like it's already been rebuilt one time. And so what we're gonna do is, what the plan is, is to take that stage and lower it. Um, it's up about like three feet high right three now. Feet high. The, the problem with that height is we can't get a handicap ramp. I mean, that would take <coughs> one to 12. You're talking about 36 feet of ramp plus the things. Yeah. Um, you would be eating up a lot of your uh, floor space with mm -hmm. handicap ramp. So um, what we're doing is we're planning on lowering it and that actually gives us a little more proscenium height. So that's not a bad thing. That's actually a good thing. Um, getting more proscenium height. When I say proscenium, I'm talking about this beam that goes across right here. And it also allows us to go ahead and, and we can put, now if we lower it to like 20, 24 inches, we can put a 24 foot ramp off to the side here so it's not way out in the middle of the floor. It's kind of, kind of tucked off to the side. So that's the stage area. Um, putting in, you know, redoing these bathrooms back here. There are bathrooms and showers and we're basically got rid of the showers and we're putting in nice um, ADA accessible toilets. And then this right here is the um, acts as kind of a green room to get onto the stage. So if you have anybody doing performance, they, they could either be um, sitting here or they could be on this side um, as, as like green room space before you go on the stage. Because there's two, two different accesses to get on the stage here. Um, basically, it's the reverse on this side. This is the men's side uh, or boys', boys side. Um, you have toilets here. We were able to squeeze in. That's what I was talking about, uh, being able to get a janitor's closet in right here. And then we have an electrical room here, and then we have that, like the same space, that green room space on that side of the stage. So it's, we have made some modifications to the original design, but I think it's improved it and um, made it much more useful. Um, and of course, we're gonna be putting in new HVAC throughout, running new electrical, all new plumbing. Um, we learned from the last job, I've, I've come to realize that if it's 60 years or older, the plumbing's gonna have to be replaced. It's that, that the iron pipe just it's not, doesn't last. So that's kind of what we do on our renovations and buildings are 1950s, 1960s buildings. We, we plan on taking the plumbing out. Um, and we did run in that from the previous job too. We had a lot of rotten plumbing out there. So this would be all new plumbing um, and really all new systems. So um, I think we're gonna be able to get away. We won't have to put like a fire sprinkler system in here unless you just want it. If we found a way that we don't have to do it, um, that is a cost savings. But one of the reasons is you have plenty of egress out of this building. You have, you know, exits here, here, you know, four on each side. And then by putting these two here, that gives us plenty of egress in case of a fire. We don't have to have that, um, you know, have to have that that system. Uh, you will have fire alarm system and um, you know the you know, Wi-Fi access, that sort of thing. So all the <clears throat> all of that. Um, going to kind of go back to that um, that site layout. What we were 
doing there is trying to um, increase the parking. Um, we do have uh, and put some parking adjacent to the to the to the, the gym. So this is not necessarily what it has to be, but we're showing what it could be as far as parking. This from this point on around here is dirt right now. So um, in, as part of this project, we're looking at at paving that. So that gives you some staff parking back here. People are already parking back there, so we're going to we pave it. That'll give us a paved parking lot back there. It could give us the potential to put ADA access right up near the front entrance here. We could have ADA here right up towards the front, and then really you have all this space. You can put as much parking as you see as you you know see needed. Right now we're just showing it. Uh, I can't remember what, I had to count on these spaces. I'm sorry about that, but um, that in conjunction with all your other parking, you have lots of lots of parking, but we're trying to get more a little closer to the gym itself. And this parking could be shared also by the, by the pool if you needed it. Um, and then of course for, there's, uh, there's future plans for additional play fields in the back, that parking would also be used for that. Um, so that's, that's kind of the gist of all the improvements. Are there um, any questions? I have one, could, could you go to the layout of the court Go back to that. Now that's uh, that's going to be, I guess, the, the main court that goes from east to west. Are we? And you said it's going to be additional courts that run north to south. Two additional courts. Two additional courts, just okay. like you would have in a in a PE PE gym. Right. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, that's that's good. Okay. I think Gary, we had six. I think we had six six goals down there one yeah. time. Six that went. Yeah. This this way it was six. It was two. Right now, there's, uh, two, there's two sets running this direction. Yeah, and there were two. Mm -hmm. Then there's the one running this. Oh, you're, you're talking six, six total. Six right. total, yeah. I, yeah. I know yeah, there, there, be, there are six be three total, courts but, side by side. Yeah, two. But okay. you can do it, yeah. So you can do one court tournament play or you can right. cross courts. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. All right, now save the big one for the championship game. <laughs> yeah. That's right. My, my concern, canopy, I, I hate walking out of a building right into the rain. Yes. You've got to have something. You don't don't yeah, put me out the doors and I'll in an empty. Yeah. I hate that. Right. And this is, you know, we were trying to fit everything underneath the existing, our nice new roof. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that's what I was saying. I think extending this out, I don't think is a big deal to put a, put a canopy out here. Yeah. I mean, it's, I don't think it's as big of a deal cost-wise. Okay. Function-wise, it is a big deal. Mm -hmm. um, we do not like to have entrances that are unprotected. David. Where's the swimming pool side, right? Where the bleachers is at, that's the swimming pool oh, side? It's down here on this side. <coughs> so it's could that be, no. Could that be the canopy side? Can you do a canopy over on that side, since that's gonna be your parking lot side? To, you mean change the front entrance I'm around? Just, yeah, I'm just. We, you know, we did actually look at a version of that to try to, to your point, to try to modify the front entrance Problem is, is on the inside of the building, we kept encroaching into the right. floor space. You know, there is a there is a door and a canopy right there, a small one, but it's not a it's not a main entrance. Actually, you got two doors. That's right. There's there's two of them. Right. There's there's one here, one, one here, one right there. And then these are just egress on the back side. But, I mean, you could go out that way. It's just it's just not a. I really felt it was important to maintain the front the front of the building as the front entrance. Um, we don't have to, but it's more for like posterity stake of the, you know, it being the way the building was. Yeah. I, I probably would, Jimmy also talked about using that open floor space over here 
uh, to do possibly other things like ping pong tables and things like that that folks may want to do to preserve that space. Mm -hmm. So that was one, one thing, having some of this traffic in and out of that side door. But uh, it would be pretty easy to put that canopy on the front to do that. But, I, I, but then I, also putting that canopy on the front, remember now we've got uh, Clean and Beautiful that has to go around that side mm -hmm. the back. Oh yeah, yeah. I think you you, you, you got you got plenty of room. I think up on the lawn. Yeah, we were looking at even you know a six or eight foot sidewalk with and then putting a canopy um, and having we have enough room to put the canopy. Have a basically a uh, an entry space there and then still have the curb. It actually gives a good spot for a, for a drop off if you needed to drop off someone and then you can go in the back, turn around and come back out. But it's uh, there is room to do it with the existing road there. David, your um, site, go back to your, your plan there where your parking lot's at. All right, the, the, the um, your, I'm just trying to see where the closest door is at there for your handicapped parking. I mean, you've got to come from the parking lot with, with all this parking lot to the right there, <clears throat> existing parking, would that be designated as handicapped parking? Well, we were looking at parking spaces here and we hadn't drawn them yet, but right here would be, you know, we have to get the appropriate number of spaces for that. Right, and then those <laughs> doors. That's the door right there. That Those doors that have a post in the middle and then they open up like you got a door on each side. Right. They're a pair of doors. So that width is, will be sufficient. I mean, they'll have to be changed out in order well, to they're all new doors. Okay. All, all new doors. These would actually be uh, storefront doors, you know, kind of like what you have down here, pair, a pair of storefront doors that... Well, we have noticed, of course, Mr. Giller and I had looked at the one that James Brown, there's not um, that many handicap spots and then I mean you know you got a handicap spot and you got the roll from here to the middle of the road out there for them to get in there and that was one thing we were trying to and of course I hadn't been involved in this but I just as close as we could get the handicap people in and out of the building uh, would be the best thing there I don't to your know. point that right there is about as close as you can get yeah because you're literally going on the sidewalk and bam, you're right there in the front entrance. Right now, we have two. We have two shown down here with a, you know, going from here to there. Uh, we can get them pretty close to this. Well, and you know, there's not that many handicapped spots because there's not very many people show up because they know they can't find a place to park. So we need to, you know, make sure there's at least ten or twelve of them. And now we, we do have a minimum amount that we're required to put, but we can, that's, a, that's just a minimum. We can put more if you feel like there's a need. Yeah, but when was the minimum put in? I mean, we don't, there's... Oh, we haven't done, we haven't done anything. Right, but I'm just saying, you know, the minimum was, might have been established eight years ago, oh, ten right. years ago, and that's the thing that I'm saying. We're seeing more and more people, uh, of course, I'm not handicapped yet, but if I had... Do, I'd like to be able to, you know, people be, have access to them. So, um, well, if once you, um, if you're on crutches, you you don't have to be 
in a wheelchair, right. but you, you realize how important it is to well, walk closer to the building. That's <laughs> 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 what she was trying to say. Something we run into at, at church, you know, in, in Liberty County, you know, with the um, high military population, a lot of our vets yep. have handicap stickers, so so they're able to park there. So to Commissioner's uh, Walden's um, point, there to make sure we have probably more than what you would uh, sure require because well, you have the space to do it. So. Yeah, right. yeah. I just, I'm, I'm sorry. It's always easier to go back and move the line over. I understand that, but I mean. We, we, uh, when we start with the signage and all, we need to make you sure the, the doors, you know, you've got. Oh, it's easier to put it in right now, that's for sure. Yeah. And we can, um, yeah. because it is a different size space. Can we go back, excuse me, Commissioner Walton, go back to the, uh, I, I'm concerned, I was, I was thinking here, I heard you talk about the bleachers, man. That, that's where the nostalgia is, uh, those old bleachers. You, and you're giving those a thorough look where it's totally, Cost prohibitive to try to preserve those? Well, we, we looked features. at them a long time ago, and we actually were going to try to, like, save one set mm -hmm. and try to scab all the pieces from one and then try to make one good set. I like the sound of that. Um, it's finding someone to do that. Yeah. A bleacher company that will actually do that is a little tougher because those <clears> things are – there's a million pieces – <laughs> in those bleachers, well, you, you don't but I can look. I mean, I can I can search and see if someone would be willing to do that today. Please give it your max. Even when those bleachers were new, they were hard to open and close. <laughs> I can't even. I, I can't even. Uh, I mean, when they were brand new, you you, I'm you needed. A, I'm three, having a flashback. You, you need you needed six grown men. We used to do. And that. I was in the eighth grade. You needed six grown that. men. As an eighth grader, yeah. we couldn't even close them, <laughs> and, they, and they were new. You, you know, so I, I can't even. I they didn't have WD-40 back then. They didn't put no grease on it, Gary. They, they, they were yeah. hard to open yeah. and shut. I, I'll I, tell you that. I think the community would appreciate if we could salvage at least one. Well, if, if, if you could save the boards and set them on top of the new easy slide, <laughs> but, 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 but ro rolling them old ones out and rolling them back in. Well, what you may have to do is just put, them, put one set of fixed and just weld them together and let them stay yeah. and never move. Right. Well, we got to do something because there's four alumni up here. So, I mean, you I'm, mean, I'm hearing it. <laughs> I have a flashback. And there was alumni. We mean, that's one reason why I'm really concentrating on those handicapped areas. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, you know, back to that, um, Mr. Chairman, we we don't have, we got, we've done talking about fire safety and being able to leave the building, David, but when you push a wheelchair out that end, and that's the closest door, we need to make sure that there's a sidewalk there to come back around to the parking lots. I mean, you know, there's one end of that that's going to be, there won't be sidewalks, right? Um, this side here on the back of the building. Right. right. So if they have to exit that building, if that's the closest place for the public <clears throat> to get out, then, you know, we, you, you're pushing somebody, just something to think about. So we could, if you're, if you're concerned, we, we can, certainly this is an easy one here. This is, we, we should yeah. sidewalk here anyway. Um, potentially just adding a small sidewalk back here just for that <coughs> would not be a bad, a bad idea. 
So that, what are they, five foot? They have to be wide? Five foot? Five feet wide is the minimum we do. I just think it'd be something that, I mean, it may be the last thing you have to put in there to keep it from getting broken to up, David, but I think you, um, I've done already identified, I mean, there's places here. What we've got two handicapped spots down here for this building, Mr. Chairman, or three out front. Joey? Three. Always coming in the back. Three out there and three over here. Yeah. Some, over, some over here, some on the side. Some on the side. And some in this lot. Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. I don't, I don't remember the exact count. Mm -hmm. And you know our regular parking spaces, we don't, we don't do these nine-foot parking spaces. They're all ten feet wide. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad of that, too. Some people have them so now. I'm glad we got to this point. You got to a good yeah, start. That's pretty. You got to a That's good start. Nice. What we wanted was a chance to show you that and then mm -hmm. be able to come back maybe with some small revisions and then go to construction drawings mm -hmm. so we could go ahead and get it on the street. Y'all were anxious mm -hmm. to try to do that. I know you had some other projects you wanted to look at, but wanted to see what this shook out at first. So. Yeah, most definitely. I would like to see... Uh, you know how when you're going, because y'all did work at Bradwell too, years ago. Bradwell's gym, it's kind of like a courtyard in front. Oh yeah. Rather than just. Okay. Yeah. Like a plaza. Like a little, yeah. Space. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. You might want to hang out there before you go to the ceremony. And then too, I was thinking too, to make me something that's. space. If it's something that's held in the auditorium, then you leave there and go to the gym. So you make, make sure you have a good ability to flow from one mm -hmm. to the other. I don't think there's none of the bleachers left from our old Bradwell, are they? I wonder what happened to our old bleachers. Huh? We pushed them too. Hopefully <laughs> <laughs> they all gone. They were the same, made by the same company. Yeah. They, they salvaged them. Monty Carter, he pushed them in and out. <laughs> yeah. I remember. You had to get them just right. There's a lot of scrap metal in there. Yeah. <laughs> Any suggestion, we'll, 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 we'll feed them to Mr. Brown there, but off to a good start. Yeah. All right. Good start. Thank you very much. Where, where did we kind of... Walk me through where we go from here, kind of sort of. From, from here, we'll go into um, more like design development. Okay. Right now, which is basically a conceptual mm -hmm. um, design development, we'll develop some images of the exterior and interior, okay. what the space can look like. Okay. And then we'll start tightening these drawings up um, for the building and for the site. Mm -hmm. We could see, you know, doing our parking counts and um, and and then if you want to do over and above what those parking counts are, like deciding what those what that's going to be and mm -hmm. um, and really design development mm -hmm. is the next step. Okay. And then once we come back and probably just show you some of those images, and then we'll we'll be in construction documents and that won't shouldn't take very long to finish it up okay. from there. We're excited. Yes, sir. We have too. I feel like we're not done. <laughs> it's not done yet. We're excited. excited. Thank hey, you very much. Thank you. Good, good to see you. Thank you for your work with the Head Start, too. Oh, appreciate that. Yeah, <laughs> see we're, the brick coming up out there? Yeah, I hadn't seen it, but yeah. Mr. Brown keeps us up on it. Yeah, but right thank now. you for your work with it. You did a lot of heavy lifting with that, so we appreciate that. Yeah, that was a long time, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you, sir. All right. Midway EMS Station. We just got a room full of architects tonight. <laughs> <laughs> got projects going. Is, is, is yours prettier than his? <laughs> yes, sir. Dylan, Dylan, that looked like a slice of key lime pie. You have to get the big dope when you go against <laughs> Buckley now. Uh, 
Uh, yeah, I've been friendly competitors with Buckley for about 40 years. I all think. right, all right. <laughs> and still, you're still able to be in the same room at the same time. Oh, yeah. Matter of fact, tell Craig, I said, hello, I'm Mike. <laughs> I'm with SP Design Group, Architects and Engineers, and I appreciate the opportunity to talk to you about your new EMS building. Let me introduce also the rest of the team. Bob Day is your project architect. Hello, Mr. Bob. Charles Smith is with our office and is working on the team. He's kind of our medical specialist in the office that okay. helped us out on Smith. different items that we run into. Okay. Uh, what we want to look at, I'm going to first go over the floor plan quickly, and then Bob will get in and talk to you about interiors, exteriors, things of that nature. And then Trent will talk about your site, site development, since it's related to more than just this site. It's overall in the okay. uh, First, let me point out that the floor plan we developed with Mr. Brown, uh, kind of revised it up to the point you see it now. This is what we'll say is beyond the design development, we're getting ready to get the documents to go out for your RFP system. Uh, let's see if I can get this going. Better yet, that's just what I'm used to. How about that? Mm -hmm. Now, we are running four bedrooms, two beds each, so you can house eight people in this facility. Of course, we have men and women's toilets available. Your drug storage that is accessible uh, to your ambulance area, of course, that's a secure area, required <laughs> to be so. Uh, our electronics or electrical room set up. Now, what is kind of unique in buildings nowadays, you always have your IT room. That's becoming more and more important as we go forward. Uh, we try to give them enough space. The uh, day room and kitchen area, this is the living space for your employees while they're here. Uh, the important part of the EMS building, obviously, is the seconds that you save in getting to your vehicle and getting them on the road to save that life. So. We always try to make sure that that is quickly accessible from your people that's on hand at the time to the ambulance and out. So we found that this layout works very well. We've worked with other counties with similar facilities. Now, when they come back from a call, we've got a report area where they can sit down and write their reports. We also have an individual office area. It's just a suggested layout for uh, a manager or someone that needs to go in and work in a closed office situation. Our pantry storage serves your kitchen and general storage for this area. Now we do have a general storage that serves in this area that's not a secure storage. And then a toilet area that works for your day room and the uh, people working in this area here. Now, let me tell you a little bit about the building and then Bob will talk to you about the uh, look and exterior and such. We talked about what kind of structures to use in this. Uh, whether we want to go to a pre-engineered structure, to a barge oil structure, or to a load-bearing masonry. And in today's COVID world, uh, we decided we'd go with a load-bearing masonry because that's available. Also, we can work that to what's called a FEMA 361, which helps you from your weather. You're in a, a hurricane, tornado situation. So we can go in and reinforce that concrete masonry Make sure we have the hurricane hold down on the roofs. Make sure the roof structure is a little stronger so that you have a FEMA 361 level. And that what that means is that that building, once we fill all the cells, one reinforcing into it, will resist up to a 200 mile an hour tornado puncture test. So it minimizes the door and the windows, but 
It also helps you during the storm because this is considered one of your more emergency required buildings. We understand that. We work with other counties to do that. Now, also on the roof structure, if you try to do a pre-engineer building today, it's nine to 11 months delivery time. Hard to get, prices up. Try to do bar joist building, nine months delivery. Hard to get, prices up. We can get masonry and we can have that on site and get it done today. So that falls better into the overall schedule of what we were looking at and better in the overall budget that we're looking at. So we tried to consider all of the structural systems to get the best one available and best one cost effective. And this appears to be the best way to go. I've had a couple of construction estimates look at it to be sure that my assumption is correct. They verified that. Now, uh, I'm gonna bring Bob up and play a little bit of the technology part. I'm gonna tell you, I'm fascinated with some of this. And before it's over with, I'm gonna give you a little QR code sheet. <laughs> if you got an iPhone, mm -hmm. you touch that, and it'll carry you to the space, virtual, where you can be in the space. Mm. Look at your phone and anything you wanna see in that room, ceiling, floor, walls, will be right mm. there. Mm. At my age, that fascinates me. <laughs> 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 so, that part of it does help you in perceiving the building so that mm -hmm. you understand exactly what you're uh, approving and what they're going to use and how it works for you. Mm -hmm. Bob, if you'll come on up, let's talk about it. So we'll start. Hello, my, my name is Bob Day. Uh, we're uh, glad to be here with you today. Um, <clears throat> you talked about these Q code. We'll give you an example of what that looks like uh, right now. This is when you, when you do that Q code, you, know, you get it on your phone, but this is kind of how it works. And you'll, you just turn around and see the space however you like. This happens to be the day room right here. Just keep panning it around, yeah. So if you're a Denver Broncos fan, there you go. <laughs> we, you see we have a, what's called LVT, and it'll look like wood on the floor, and we have gypsum board walls. You see the kitchen there in the in the background. Wood wall, wood doors, acoustical tile ceiling. That's looking into the office door. And that's the front entrance as it stands today, with your writing area to uh, for reporting. A little bit further, yeah. Keep going. And there's the door into the uh, bays right there. All right, let's, uh, what we'd like to do is show you the outside. What we have is a little video. It kind of runs you around the outside and takes you inside and kind of shows you the spaces. Go ahead and run that for us. The outside is, uh, it, uh, the structure is a masonry wall as uh, uh, Mike indicated. And then we have a split face block on the outside veneer, and also some metal siding or metal panels. The dark color is the, uh, or the uh, metal panels, and the split face block are the, uh, the lighter and, the, and also the base of the building. The doors will all have canopies over them. Those are the exits from the bay. 
doors, as you saw on the front. And as we come around to the back, there are a second set of doors on the back. So it's a drive-through situation. And it's a metal roof. Sorry about the slow of, slowness of the video. It's not uh, moving as fast on your all system as it does on ours. But we're going to enter that side door here in a second. And there's a small window there to the right over the uh, kitchen window or over the kitchen counter. All the windows are small. This is coming in the back corridor where the uh, bedrooms are. Nice look. Are you going to make sure it stays that neat all the time? <laughs> <laughs> Exiting back out the front doors. And there's some handicapped parking right there on the front. <laughs> I hope that gives you a good idea of what, uh, what we're looking at here mm -hmm. yeah. uh, for this project. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> All right. Uh, and we will specify a BMW and a Camaro. There's <laughs> <laughs> that go with it. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Any questions at this point? That's good. Uh, we're about 6,000 square feet in round numbers. And your budget on this type building is going to be between $175 and $200 square foot. Uh, what that equates to for building only is got 1.2 to 1.3 million mm. finished product. Mm -hmm. Now, site work, uh, Trent. Oh, he's coming up, Mr. Chairman. I just had a question on the panels. Yes, ma'am. Uh, on that. Whenever you were showing that, that was be on both ends. Was that correct? Yes. On both ends. 
Okay. Um, basically, we weren't trying to uh, eat with a, I don't have a drive through on ours. <laughs> it looks good. He's got our site on there. You, you and David Holton both got to have this. His, uh, his site, though, is, is pretty darn good. I was able to notice that uh, we were missing a stripe on our site plan. There's a little line. I was like, ah, missed something. <laughs> it looks, looks really, really good. And it's not his fault. Well, we didn't even didn't have it on there. So it looks really, really good. So um, what we're doing on this site is right out there in Tradeport West, right off 17. And we have about a two-acre site on the left side of the entrance road that goes through there. Um, our water and sewer will come from the uh, Industrial Authority. Um, we have to go back with the water and sewer a little bit to connect to what they've got. We've got some cost-sharing going on with that that we're working with on them on that. Um, all our drainage will go to uh, wetland that's beside us. And uh, this site will be a lot of dirt on this site because it's kind of a low site. <coughs> but other than that, it'll work out really really well and I do have site plans that I can give each one of you if you want to take a look at them there are many copies of it uh, we, we saw we want to make a few changes to some minor things that won't matter as construction plans unless you want it we'll just hold on to them we'll give you some more clean copies yeah, hold on to those so about about four foot of fill on the building pad but in talking with the development authority the other day mm -hmm. they already have plans to go ahead and fill that area along with some others. And so we, we envision a partnership with them working on, as they're doing their fill on their sites to also fill our site. And we've already talked that. Um, we're supposed to meet with the development authority. We want to show this to y'all first. We're supposed to meet with them in August to show them kind of the same presentation. Uh, we will have to meet aesthetic guidelines for the park that have been developed by the development authority. But uh, so far, it's looking, looking pretty good. We can give them an estimate on the budget for water sewer. Uh, it was about $145,000. Yeah, I think it's about $145,150. Which, which side of the road is the water on down there, Trent? The City Midway water? There is City Midway water on our side of the road that goes further down the road, but we're in the Development Authority site and we're in their service delivery area, so we have to get water and sewer service from this uh, LCDA. Which, which I'll go ahead and say really, really works out better uh, because we're trying to fast track the project for several reasons. Uh, City of Midway right now doesn't have the, the uh, pressure capacity pressure. that we need, even if we tied onto them and ran into there. So we'll be, and we'd rather, yeah, we'll be on the sewer, development authority sewer. Office. I didn't know where the water was at there for the development authority. The development authority water. It actually comes in from the back. It actually comes in from the back of the site, and we'll run yeah, those lines up. It's, it's to all the way in the back of the site, ain't it? Where is this place, Eddie? Development Authority. From the Cherokee. Mm -hmm. Development Authority will actually help us participate, and it costs us some larger main runs there, and then we'll we'll tell them. It just goes back a little bit. Um, you want to grab a few of those and hand out, let them kind of thumb through them. If you'll just leave them, um, we'll pick them back up after uh, the meeting. Only other comment, I guess, is you know we came in, we did an initial review of a layout, and I think it was Commissioner Fraser, in fact, brought to the point that you know hey, we need to plan for for more growth. Right now, you've got two ambulances that are housed there. Um, most of the time, 
so this enables doubling that capacity. You've really got four people that not all the time, but sometimes stay there. This also doubles that complete capacity and you could even double that further with bunk beds uh, if you wanted to in the future. Trent, look here just a minute. Back here's where the lift pump is. No, that's that's where their uh, gravity sewer is and their water is. The lift pump is further back. Okay, and this is the road that goes in. Yes. And there's power in that road. I'm not sure exactly where the power is in that road. It goes all the way back to here. Okay. And what we're doing is we're coordinating with the development authority on the location of where all that goes so that we don't run into your power. That's what I was looking at here. When you you're gonna have to pull, you're gonna have to dig water all the way back up here to the front. Right. It's too far. You got water right there at the highway. You don't have the pressure. What kind of pressure you need? It's a toilet. I mean, what? Tell me what you need. Sprinkler system. Huh? Sprinkler system for the building. And they don't you're have better to you're better to go. We, we, we can, maybe we can have a sidebar later. Yeah, we're, we, we we're, we're better to go the other out. Talk offline. <laughs> yes, sir. And I, Mr. Chairman, I have a question too. It looks like uh, um, we won't be uh, entering and exiting off of 17. There's a little road yes. there right. that you're gonna. Yes, ma'am. So what the development authority has is a super drive that is is going to be planned to be there. When I say super drive, it's a four-lane drive. Interestingly. And so what we're ending up doing is we're installing only what we need for our site. Okay, so it's not paved yes. in there now. Yeah, our, our, it's not paved there now, no Okay, and you're going to get... So we got the diesel lane and we're going to do a two-lane road so you get, okay. to our site is all we're doing. Mm -hmm. yeah, but we're setting it up so that when the development authority does their work, they just expand the drive. Okay. So that way they're not losing anything and we're working together to make this thing work. So that this will be a nice park when we're finished. All right. The other thing I wanted uh, Mr. Parker to address too is we wanted to show that to y'all we need to go to development authority and then he's prepared to go ahead and do finalize the construction drawings and, and, and put it out for bid. Uh, so I, I want to ask Mike if he could address the timing on that. This is the part where I say Trent will be finished tomorrow. <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> no, they're very close. Uh, what we are talking about is having all contract documents ready to put out for bid in two to three weeks. Uh, so that we can go ahead and start advertising in two weeks. Uh, we'll get that so you can put it on your website, uh, procurement site, however you need to do that, do your due diligence. So I'm gonna tell you two to three weeks, we're ready to have it out, put it out for bid, 30 day bid time, and then take your bids at that point. You expect good participation? Yes, sir. I've already talked to three contractors. Uh, hopefully we'll have you know more, six to seven will be ideal. Uh, in today's world, I can't tell you for sure, mm -hmm. but I am pushing to get as many good contractors as I can in this area. And we do a lot of work in this area, so. Good. 
Uh, we've got a couple of contractors that have done similar type work that I've already talked to. Yeah, this will be our first EMS building that we've built, so mm -hmm. we're looking forward to this being, being a nice one. Yes, sir. And efficient. No, it's definitely going to be efficient. Okay. Uh, we'll work it through. It's kind of like, I like to say working with SP Design Group, it's kind of like a good meal. You go mm -hmm. in not sure, but after the meal, you just think, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That, is that what you said to say? Yeah. Okay. Let's <laughs> see. Do, do Any we have, other questions? Have we have, has, has Crystal looked at this? Uh, she has not. We didn't want to show it to anybody until okay. she now, she's seen the initial layout. Okay. So we'll, well, I'll be sure. To get please, please do. Please. Now, one thing I will tell you, too, and enjoy this, the floor plan you see here, see the little red boxes in the spaces? Mm -hmm. When you present, uh, Joy, if you present it to a group or something, all you got to do is touch that. Could Clint, could you do that for me? Touch one of the boxes. <laughs> all right, you just touch that box, and the computer will load up what the interior of that space looks like. Really? And you can do what Bob did, walk around that space that uh, ease of mobility in the technology. It might be explained. And or, if you want to really play and have fun, you can just take your iPhone, mm -hmm. touch one of the QR codes, yeah. and then hold that phone and then walk around the room. We're going to do that. You got something for everybody? Okay. <laughs> Each one of those two different rooms. Each one of the different rooms? There's seven or six of them on there. Yeah. Each one's different. All right. And that's something also, if you want to put it on your website to show the public, it's there, they can see it. Okay, any other questions? Anything else? Well, I do appreciate the opportunity. And if you do have any questions, don't hesitate to call me. Or Mr. Brown can find me most anywhere, as he has found out. All right. Appreciate it. Thank All you, right. sir. All right. Elections contract for the city of Midway. Yes, sir. So we've got one for city of Midway and uh, city of Flemington. If we could entertain those separately, I uh, would appreciate it very much for the record. They are your standard election contracts that provide for 100% reimbursement plus administrative overhead. So they're 100% plus. On everything. Yes, sir. It'd be everything. Anything related to those municipal elections. Sure, okay. a motion. Yeah, I'll make a motion that the Liberty County Board of Election entertained to take care of the election for the city of Flemington. And Midway. And Midway. And Midway. Can we do one at a time? We're going to break them up? Right, just, just in case Flemington. something ever comes up okay. about. All right. Is a second? Do I hear a second? Second. Second. Any further discussion? All in favor? All right. Your next motion, sir. Same motion, uh, Mr. Chairman, for the city of, um, which one did you do, Mayor? Limited. I do Midway. Same second, Mr. Chair. <laughs> same motion, same second. We into agreement to conduct the elections for the city of Midway. Any discussion on that? You heard the terms earlier. All in favor? All right, motion carries. Mr. Chairman, Mr. Yes, Brown, what was the name of the engineering firm? SP Design Group. SP? Yes, ma'am. And where are they from? They're out of Macon. SP Design Group. They got the toys. They sure do. <laughs> they got an IT department. <laughs> 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 
Mm-mm. Announcement, sir. Only one quick one, just on another project follow-up. Did get the appraisal on the property that we're talking to uh, Custer EMC about. Have forwarded mm-hmm. that to Custer EMC, mm-hmm. so they'll give that consideration and come back with what we need to try to do on that. Okay. All right, Commissioner. Yeah. Yes, sir. Mr. Brown. Mm-hmm. Where are we now with the, uh, the money? ARPA, the ARPA <laughs> rules hadn't been finalized yet. We check those every day. Uh, but we are going to go ahead and prepare for mid-month to do you an overview, um, much like you probably saw the same overview. <laughs> I think that probably Chatham did uh, yesterday at their meeting, but uh, we're planning that for your mid-month, if that's okay with the chairman, to put that on the agenda. Yes, sir, it is. I have one question for jo- Joey. Um, one other thing, Mr. Chairman. Go ahead, Mr. Brown. Mm-hmm. Trent's still here. <clears throat> The issue that I ran into the other day down in Sunbury, how do we deal with that issue? With where they're supposedly have altered the wetlands, supposedly, not certain, but mm-hmm. how do we how do we deal with an issue like that continuously? Well, well I don't I don't know that you're able to ever stop it, but what what we do first, since this we're not jurisdictional directives of the wetland. I mean, all we can basically do is go down there and say, look, we think there's a situation that exists that you may have done something and maybe educate them um, to, to do that. Uh, normally then, once we would observe that, we would contact the Corps of Engineers to do that. But first, we want to go talk to the property owner to do that. Okay, because they have made a mess in the back of this church, a mess. Mm-hmm. I think some of y'all have seen the pictures. They've made a flat mess. But yes, sir, since we're not a jurisdictional authority over those wetlands, that's what we can do and then contact. Now, contact. the other thing about that, that same project, they were able to go out and buy their own driveway pipes and install it themselves. And it was never inspected by anybody from the county. Uh, I mean, where are we? Uh, I'm lost. Uh, Commissioner Stevens, I'd like to tell you we could catch every driveway that's put in, but I think what we're going to have to do is, as, as those are brought up, and thankfully, you know, you brought those up, is then to go back and, and make sure that they are installed right at no cost to us uh, to do that and make sure everything's okay with those permits. That's, I mean, that's all we can do. Yeah. Mm. So so Paul has put a stop work order on it? Uh, no, sort of what no work. Yeah, what what any what anything that's permitted through here, his office right. that could be stopped? So he really doesn't have the authority to stop the digging from going on. But they're encroaching and uh, have water encroaching on grave sites down there. Well, again, that'd be something that the county engineer would take a look at on the drainage side, right? But there, there's there's no authority that I know we have by county ordinance to put any kind of stop on there. Or injunction again that falls back to the core but that's the reason we go out and talk to the property owner it's not the first time that that's something like that's come up okay I wasn't resolved the last time same way yeah. and the core got involved yeah. and, uh, it stopped okay. when it stopped tonight? they have some pretty heavy penalties and they have the heavy foot to, mm-hmm. all right, to do it so we Trying to follow you, so so we would have to inform. Uh, ask the court to look into it. We, we would go out and talk to the property owner to ascertain what's going on. Because when Trent calls the court, they're gonna say, "Well, what's going on? Have you talked to the people?" And we'd like to give them as much information as we can on it. Okay. 
Okay. And then on, on the drainage side, sir, you, you go. give them directions on what they need to do to any impact they have on the neighbor immediately so they're not flooding somebody. Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. We, we're fine working with Mr. Zeckman on making sure that he's going to contact mm -hmm. get with the contract to get with the property owner. To mm -hmm. yeah, practically, I know you shouldn't do that. But is that something that we have written that? You can't do that. that well, listen. It's again. It's not our. It's not our ordinance. I it's the. It, it's with, well, part of it. Soil and sedimentation control yeah. that comes into that too, which we do regulate as a. We regulate the state regs, at, uh, for them here on that. But the wetland portion, draining the wetland, doing that, mm -hmm. we don't. We. That, that's that's straight core enforcement state law. So our original sediment control ordinance. Regulates they have to get a land disturbing activity if they're over an acre or if they're within a certain uh, feet of the waters of the state. In this case, they'll be within certain feet of the waters of the state. So, to do what they needed, what they're doing, they really should have done a land disturbing activity plan, full site plan that would show how they're doing their grading, how they're doing their water and sewer, uh, how they're doing their drainage and their erosion sediment control. Mm -hmm. So, that should have all been done up front. Mm -hmm. We didn't know what was going on until uh, Mr. Stevens called and said, hey, mm -hmm. what's going on down here? Mm -hmm. That's when we went out there, and uh, Mr. Zetman did ask the uh, property owner to stop what he was doing and get things rectified. Mm -hmm. So as of right now, Trent, they will not be able to, will they be able to continue, or they were actually at a halt? They should be at a halt until they get the right permits. Um, I will go back out. I want to go back out and look at the water that may be uh, ponding on the uh, um, graveyard in the cemetery area. Right. Because um, I didn't notice that when I was out there before, but we have had a tremendous amount of rain since then. So, and some things may have washed and blocked the drainage. So I want to go back out and look at that. And uh, there may be something that we need to get him to do to eliminate that issue right away. But otherwise, he's got to go, before he does anything, he's got to go through and get the proper permit. Yes, sir, he should be able to stop. Okay. Now, yeah. let me ask you a question about that. Can they, could somebody had already went to LCPC and said, hey, this is what I'm wanting to do, and that be approved before we know about it? This wouldn't be LCPC. No. no well, I mean, I wouldn't have thought it would have, but there's no possible way that somebody could have already been over there and they said, hey, I'm just going to dig a ditch right here where I'm going to go out here and build a house. They, and Trent, correct, Trent works with them closer than I do, but, but they generally don't get involved in any drainage things unless it's a, a subdivision plan or site plan development or something like that where they're developing more than one house. Sure. They're not going to. They're not okay. And they, are, they are extremely careful about telling you that you have to obtain permits for what you're doing. Right. So they're very careful about that. So. Well, I mean, I figured there would be too, but I just hoped that we didn't All right. you know, wind up with kind of one of these things that. Okay. Not knowing what the left's doing. Uh, that's right. They're good about communicating. Mr. Chair, uh, that's it on that. I'm playing. Yeah, I, that's. <laughs> no, uh, Joe, I just I just wanted to um, kind of clarify a statement 
uh, not a statement, but um, a thought. I know this is being recorded. But when, when uh, Mr. Davis was up there and he was talking about the firearm ordinance, and um, I was asking the questions about the, you know, like, seemed like he led me to believe that it would be settled in magistrate court. And I, I wasn't taking would, would, a, would a, be. a slight at, um, you know, I know we have state court, municipal court, magistrate court, superior court, supreme court, all of them. But, you, you know, we, we're talking about guns. And, you know, I've, I've been to magistrate court and I've never seen anybody walk out of there with handcuffs, you know, handcuffed from standing before a judge of magistrate court. And if we're talking about guns, and you know you you settle that that way it just doesn't seem to have that much well because there you know you can't the only thing that can go to state court is a state law okay and, and because you're making the law locally it has to be an ordinance mm -hmm. you can't create obviously the state law so, so and so that's that's that is how i started to say that earlier but that's how that gets separated too now magistrate court though you know you're violating a county ordinance you go in there you fail to do Whatever you're supposed to do, go and send no more count. Well, in the in the end, that. they they can incarcerate you for violation of an ordinance. Yeah, I have done that, as a matter of fact, with a cleanup project. But I, you know, I've seen them stand in front of the state court judge and be cuffed and taken <laughs> off, but I've, I hadn't seen that at magistrate court. And, and you know, and we were talking about guns. We were talking about someone uh, unlawful discharge of firearms causing some kind of harm or whatever. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, that's, that's the level of um, well, yeah. judgment that was. Well, no, so, so anything you put into place, mm -hmm. you can only create an ordinance locally. You can't create anything that would go to state court. Mm -hmm. But there could be, as I think that's what he was saying, there could be, depending on the situation that happens, a state law state. violated also that's mm -hmm. already on the books. Mm -hmm. And in that case, then the decision could be made to write the citation to state court, mm -hmm. not to magistrate court. Oh, okay. Where it has more teeth. <laughs> all right, that's all for the good of the order. Yeah. Chair Tanner, wish to adjourn. Don't move, Mr. Chairman. Second. All in favor? Don't move and second. <laughs> Don't move second I'm and not sure you